a very good day to you. My name is Apostle Timmy Evans, the Senior Pastor of Grace Grand Christian Center, Accra, Ghana. You have come to the hub of spiritual upliftment, where your spirit and your soul will be lifted with undiluted word of God and spirit-filled worship. Continue to listen to enjoy today's episode. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for your grace, for your love, for the blessing that you have poured upon us, for the grace that you have made available unto us. Be thou exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. We just want to thank you. We want to honor you. We want to praise your holy name for your faithfulness and your love that endures forever. Take all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I commit your children into your hands today. I pray that the Lord will do wonders in our life in the mighty name of Jesus, that everything that we are trusting you for will be granted unto us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice and begin to appreciate the Lord this morning. Appreciate the Lord, appreciate the Lord, appreciate the Lord. Kalo de balado, shate kalabisa, librando si hele mashanta, makaya bada, libro si halebosha. Appreciate him, appreciate him, appreciate him, appreciate him. Appreciate him, appreciate him. Say, Lord, I thank you. I bless your holy name in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, today, Lord, Pour out your grace, pour out your favor upon me and my household. Pour out your grace, pour out your favor on my destiny in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Dadada, Lebro, Shihirima Santa, Lekatoze Lebaya. Have your way in my life this morning in the name of Jesus. Pray for the Lord to have his way. Say, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, have your way in my life today. Have your way in my family today. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Le maka zada le bro shihen deliba ma le brados kayama shente ligaba ma sedereba le bros kayanda la babosha. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in my home today. Lord, I have your way in my business today. Lord, I have your way in my workplace today. Lift up your voice and pray. Say, Lord, I have your way in my life today. Lord, I ask you to have your way. That's the prayer we're praying this morning. Lord, I have your way. Lord, I have your way. Lord, I have your way. Lord, I have your way in my finances. Lord, I have your way in all that pertains to me. Lord Jesus, I have your way. Ancient of days, I have your way. Mighty God, have your way. Have your way, my life, O oh God. 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 Have your way, my family. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Connect to the Spirit of God. Say, Holy Spirit of God, I invite you into every affairs of my life. Come and have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I speak as a servant of the Lord. And I pray that the Lord will have his way in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, he will silence every works of the enemy. And he will shine his light on our path in Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. 
for the past few days now especially when we enter into this week for the new claim the day series our prayers have been short the reason is because there are a lot of things i want to talk about and i, I really want to address them within the stipulated time so that i don't take much of your time hallelujah today we continue in the study of our bible characters looking through the bible mirror and we are looking at a character he is also a minor character like yesterday but this guy suffered this guy suffered he went through a huge suffering majority of people they don't talk about him as a matter of fact most of us pastors when we are talking about what king david did to him we don't speak much about the young man there was a young man that king david took his wife and killed him his name is uriah or you can say uriah the, the mother of solomon Bathsheba, was the legal wife of uriah uriah was one of the army one of the boys that were working with king david people who assisted him in most of the battles that he fought to become the king these guys were with david when he was running from the sight of saul these guys joab uriah and a whole a, a host of others they were loyal to king david immediately they know that he is the one that god anointed as king they were with him they were loyal to him everywhere he goes even when he was in siklag when he was walking and fighting with the philistines collecting salary from the philistine when he was running away from saul these guys were with him their wives too were taken captive before god restored their their, their things to them they were with him uriah was one of the people who stood by king david But do you know how King David repaid him? King David repaid him by snatching his wife and by killing him. This is the young man I want us to look at today. I want us to see what we can learn from his life. His name is Uriah. Or you can say Uriah. Turn your Bible with me to the book of 2 Samuel. We are going to open the Bible together. It is a must for us to read the Bible so that we don't get carried away, we don't get derailed by false prophets and agents of darkness that are pretending to be men and women of God. You read your own Bible, you know what the Bible says. You know the story so that you know how to react to issues like this. Second Samuel chapter 11. Second Samuel chapter 11. We are going to read from verse number one. It's a very long verse, but I will see how to read the key part 
and see how to paraphrase the rest of the story. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. You can say bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah, the Etite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. He slept with her. Not that he raped her. He slept with her. Meaning, the woman consented. May God help us. Now she was purifying herself from a monthly uncleanness. Meaning, she was during her ovulation she was doing she was doing it was during her ovulation i mean then she went back home then the woman conceived and sent word to david saying i am pregnant normally if you are fruitful when you have conjugal relationship with a man or with your husband during your ovulation you have almost 99% chance of getting pregnant if you are fertile. So David sent words to Joab. Send me Uriah the Hittite. You know, immediately King David realized that he had messed up because the woman is pregnant and is not about to abort the baby. The next step for David to take was to cover his sin. He wanted to cover his sin. And in this game, Uriah was the football that the King David and the wife were tossing up and down. Verse 6. So David sent this word to Joab. Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. When the king sent Uriah home to go and rest with gifts, probably with some drinks, with some items, some fascinating gifts, probably with a jeep, with a car, to make him excited so that he can go home and you that you have been away from your wife for so long, when you come back, one of the first things that men love to do is to have something with their wife. David already thought it well and probably he and Bathsheba had planned it. When your husband comes, ensure he sleeps with you so that we can pin the baby on him. We will tell him that it was when he slept, he slept with you that 
the baby king and then you can have the baby my baby for him then we can cover the shame from the face of all Israel David was doing everything within his power to protect his reputation to cover his error to cover his sin at the expense of the life and the future of Uriah you know what Uriah did Uriah knew that if he goes home there is no way he can resist his wife he decided to stay with the servants at the palace gate what was his reason not because he's running away from his wife not because he's he's trying to defy the king but because he was consumed with the zeal of fighting in the battle for god for the king and for his people for god for my king and my people the level of Uriah's commitment and loyalty to God has not been spoken about by so many Bible scholars. Uriah was a man who was loyal, who was committed to his office as a warrior, as a soldier. Let's continue. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Then Uriah answered David, The ark, listen to this, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my commander Joab and my lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house? to eat and drink and make love to my wife. As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Uriah was committed to the ark. The ark is the symbol of the presence of God. His loyalty was first to God. His loyalty was second to the country, the nation Israel and Judah. And then third loyalty goes to the king. This is a nobleman. This was a nobleman. This is how nobleman behaves. As a soldier, my loyalty is to God first, to country, to king, and to the people. My loyalty is to first to the ark of God. I am uncomfortable. Why my colleagues? The ark of the Lord and my commander are in the face of the battle. They are sleeping in the open. The ark of God is under a tent covered with linen. They are being beaten by rain. They are being scorched by sun. And I will escape. Then I will go home and eat and be having merriment and be having fun with my wife. I don't feel comfortable. My loyalty at this moment is not with myself. It's not to my wife, but it's to God. It's to God, my nation, my king, and my conscience will not allow me to go home and go and marry with my wife. Then, verse 12, Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem, 
that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. A man who is loyal to God, a man who is committed to integrity and honesty, make him drunk. He will not change his mind. He's still in his right senses, even though he's drunk, because the zeal of the Lord consumed him. The zeal of the Lord consumed him. The king made him drunk. Still, the boy refused to go home. He was in his right senses, even though he was drunk. Nobody can make him do anything that goes against his loyalty to God. Then David said to him, Then, 14. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it to Uriah. Sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fight is fierce yet. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. David was trying his best to cover his sin. David was trying his best to bury the error that he has committed. When he tried to lure the man to go home and sleep with his wife, the man did not go. He made him drunk. The man did not go. He sent a letter through his hands. Tell him to deliver his own time bomb. When the man got to Joab, he delivered the letter to his commander and the commander put him in in a place where the war was tough. He commanded all the army to withdraw from him. Then he was smitten and he was killed. It was a painful death. He died for his loyalty. He didn't die for his wife, even though David killed him to snatch his wife. David thought he won, but it was Uriah that won. It was Uriah that won. Uriah died for his loyalty for God. Uriah died for his loyalty for his city, for his nation, for his king. Uriah died not knowing what transpired between the king and his wife. But I know that Uriah got his reward in heaven. God eventually punished David in chapter 12, which I also want you to read today. Chapter 13, which I also want you to read. Read to chapter 14 and continue until that line of story finishes. I think you get to chapter 18 or so. Uriah died. In chapter 12, God sent a prophet to tell David he had sinned. This was when David wrote Psalm 51. He went to confess his sin and God forgave him, but God placed two punishments before him. Which David said, okay, well, I am a man. I cannot choose my punishment. You are God. Do unto me what you wish. And God did unto him what he wished. His son tried to overthrow him. His son slept with all his wife. That was what the prophet said. Your son will mess you up. He will mess up your bed in the public. His son slept with most of his concubine outside the palace to disgrace him. Eventually, 
the son died, Absalom died, and God forgave David. The boy that was born during that evil affair, God also killed that boy. David eventually officially married Bathsheba and she gave birth to Solomon, who then became the king of Israel, the successor of his father. God's ways is not our way. God had his covenant with David. God had his mercy on David. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he, thank God I'm not God. Thank God God no be man. Thank God man is not God. If I was in a position, I will, I will, wipe, out, I will wipe out the entire generation of David. Even if he confessed his sin, I don't mind. But I am not God. God is merciful. God is kind. God has been so merciful even since Old Testament. It is just that many people did not discover that side of God. When you come to God with genuine repentance and you confess your sin to God, He will forgive you. Uriah was a lawyer man. And the number one lesson that I learned from the life of Uriah is that when you come to the place of God, when we, when we come to the presence of God, when we come to the house of God, our loyalty, our loyalty is to the living God first. Our loyalty is to, the, to God first. Second, the church the people in line with the scriptures, our loyalty is to God. Mainly is to God. First is to God. So whatever happened to you in that church, whatever persecution you face in that church, whatever individual attacks you in that church, for whatever reason, for the gift you have, for the thing that is in your hand that they want to collect, it is not a reason for you to depart from the presence of God. It is not a reason for you to be distracted from the presence of God. Whatever reason they have to be attacking you in the house of God is not enough to depart from the presence of God. Oh, the church is corrupt. I will never go to church again. I will never step my feet in the church again. You are not going to church because of people. Someone once told me, there is no love in the church. I'm leaving the church because there is no love in the church. You that is complaining of no love in the church, have you given love? Have you given love? You are gossiping everywhere in the church. You are gossiping everybody. Is gossiping love? Is gossiping about people love? There's no love in the church. Let the love begin with you. Let the love start with you. Nothing. If you want you have to understand that your local church is the place where God has ordained you to be. Whatever happens in that place, even if they excommunicate you, the highest you can do is to look for another local church. The church is not actually the name. The church is not the name. The church is not the name of your church. Christ church something something. The church is not the name of your name of, of your church. The church is not the building of your church. 
The church is not your pastor. The church is universal. The universal church of Christ is the is, the church is you. You are the church. And anywhere two or three shall gather in his name is in their midst. When two or three people gathers in the name of the Lord and they are praying, that is the church. Your family is a church. Your school, prayer is there. It's a church. Claim the day is a church. Because we gather to mention the name of the Lord. You are a member of a global community, a universal church of Christ. Where the walls of your church does not stop you from being useful to the Lord. When we get to heaven, nobody is going to ask you the name of your church. Nobody will ask you the credentials of your pastor. When we die, we don't die with our church name on our forehead. You don't go to heaven with your church name. Oh, are you a member of so so and so? Say, yes, I'm a member of the church. So because of ah, because you're a member of the church, you participated in the covenant of God in the life of your pastor. Go to the right side where the light is shining to paradise. There is nothing like that. We will be judged by our personal relationship with God. We will be judged by our loyalty to God. We will be judged by the, the personal experience we have with God. We are not going to be judged by the things the church people did to you. We are not going to be judged by the gossip they gossiped about you. You will be judged by how you react to everything that the church did to you. How mature you were in reacting to in upholding your loyalty to God. There are so many people who are not even going to church. They have their personal relationship with God, but it is not complete. There is a reason why the church is there. One of the main reasons why is for all of us to come together and edify ourselves. You have a gift I don't have. You have a word I don't have. When we come together during Bible discussion, we discuss, you share ideas, you, 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 you give your opinion. We all learn from each other. In our church, we spend every Sunday, we spend more time on the Sunday school than any other thing in the church. The next period that took our time is the praises and worship. The next time is message. Sometimes during the hour of message, I I leave the message open. I throw the message open. People are people are allowed to ask questions. It's not about somebody coming to to load their doctrine on the people. It's about clarification. It's about understanding the scriptures. Uriah was a man that I saw was only committed to God. He was only focused. He did not allow the pleasure to take him away from the presence of God. The first thing, don't allow the persecution in the church to take you away from the presence of God. Number two, don't allow the pleasure that the people of the world are offering you to take you away from the presence of God. Everyone offering pleasure from the people of the world that want to take you away from God, they are taking you into something. They are taking you to something. Do you know that there are many, many, many secret Buddhists in our society? People who are practicing Buddhism. Once you begin to do yoga, you are a Buddhist. Once you begin to do yoga, you are a Buddhist. 
people will come and tell you that oh yoga is the yoga yoga helps yoga will help you unleash your inner potential yoga will help you to relax yoga will help you to let go of your pain there is nothing like that there is nothing like yoga letting you to let go of your pain people still commit suicide after doing so many yoga this is i'm not taking a swipe at yoga i'm not uh, criticizing people that are doing yoga but true peace comes from the lord true peace comes from knowing that there is someone up there who takes care of your need who helps you through every challenges true peace comes from we admitting what our realities are and casting our body onto the lord yoga is a term from a religion when you practice yoga you are doing buddhism now christians are beginning to adopt the word meditation oh as a christian you have to meditate what are you meditating on we are only allowed to meditate on the scriptures meditation as a means of letting go our of our pain christians are doing it and meditation is from buddhism what are you meditating on exactly what what exactly are you meditating on as a christian what we are allowed to meditate on is the scriptures meditating on the scriptures is what we are allowed to do when you are thinking on the of the goodness of the lord and you are thinking about it and you are happy that is appreciation that is not meditation you read psalm 23 and you 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 digest the word you bring the word into your life personalize the word that is the process of meditation that is where our hope come from our hope come from the word of god uriah was a man who refused to be drawn away by the pleasure of the word whatever the word is trying to offer you out there reject it and stay with the lord a friend you have been praying for marriage i've encountered so many people they have been praying for marriage they have been so committed in the the presence of god they serve the lord with all their heart they are working with god they are trusting that the lord will bring somebody for them in the church it has not happened yet then a young man came from nowhere and showing serious interest in them but this young man that is coming to you he invites you to buy every day you don't drink but he drinks in front of you he smokes in front of you and because you don't have any other person showing interest in you anytime he invites you to buy you keep going when you go first you go second you go third before you know it you start compromising your faith they will start telling you there is nothing wrong in drinking alcohol there is nothing wrong in taking a little a little smoke it's not going to affect your faith it is the heart that god is looking at you have been gradually lured away from the presence of god into the pit of hell into the hands of the the mouth of the lion that's how the devil works he lures you away from god's presence so that by the time the blessing God has been preparing for you for years arrives come to you in the church you are not you are no longer there that blessing will be given to another person because whatever comes out from the presence of God does not return it goes to another person 
it was it is then that the man you are following the one who has made you to go away from the presence of god he is now dealing with you he's, he's drunk and he's beating you it is hard for you to go back to the house of god now because you have left long time and it is not really hard you can still go back to god's presence I remember when I was young, I was dating. I was dating a lady. That was long ago, not very long time ago. I was dating a lady, and I love going to Bible studies. Uh, Bible study is usually on Tuesday, and it is that Tuesday she will, she will choose to visit me. So, and during the during the course of the visit, we'll be watching movies. I was young. I was still young as a young as a young man. I was leading the choir and all that. We'll be watching movie. We'll be. Ah. One day I noticed that the time of Bible study had already passed, and I, I was supposed to be the one to sing the praises that that Tuesday. The time of the Bible study had passed, and I was. I quickly off the TV and I rushed. I was dressing up. He said, "Where am I going?" I said, "Oh, today is, we are we attend the same church. Today is Bible study. Let's go." He said, "No, no, no. I don't feel like going to Bible study today." Do you know that I was lured and I refused to go to Bible study too? I refused to go to Bible study too. Because though I thought I found happiness, eh, I don't want to let go of my happiness, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I was going down spiritually. It took me three weeks to realize, so I quickly adjust myself and I. When she calls me, oh, are you at home? I say, oh, I'm not at home. I'm on my way to church. I wasted three weeks of my work, of my life with God. We eventually broke up. It didn't work. That thing you are running away on the day of Bible study, you go on a date when you're supposed to be in church. On the day of the prayer meeting, you go on a date when you're supposed to be in church. Any man who prefers to invite you away from the presence of God in order to have time with you, you might not enjoy your marriage with that person. Because one thing I want to let you know is that it is the fear of God that makes a man stay faithful to a woman. It's not morals. It's the fear of God. Honoring God is what makes a man faithful to God. I don't want to disappoint God. So I'm not going to cheat on my wife. I know if I disappoint God, the devil is going to deal with me. I am not going to cheat on my wife. I don't want to disappoint God, so I'm not going to hurt my wife. I'm not going to hit my wife. Somebody who truly have the fear of God in them, we ensure that they don't lay their hands on things that will make God to, to disdain them. We should never allow pleasure. One, we should never allow the attack in the church to keep us away from the presence of God. Whatever anybody does to you in the church should not keep you away from the presence of God. Number two, do not allow the pleasure of the world to take you away from the presence of God. And lastly, don't allow your close friends your family members to keep you away from the presence of God. Don't allow it. When I realized that God was calling me into ministry, 
I was given a branch. I had an uncle who was willing to help me that time. He usually carried a lot of girls. So when I went to him, because the criteria is that if I'm going to be leading a church, my church, then if I'm going to be leading a church full of young girls, students, and all that, it is very important for me to get married. My spiritual father told me I need to get married to avoid unnecessary temptations. So I was already in talk with my wife then and we started planning our wedding. I went to this my uncle, told him that I want to marry. They told me point blank, so man, you are too young to marry. You are too young to marry. Why are you marrying? What's wrong with you? You are a handsome guy. You are cute. You are intelligent. Women love intelligent men. Enjoy the women. Chop them. Chop them. Sample a lot of women before you go and settle down with one. Don't you know that marriage is bondage? I laughed about it. He said, this is your marriage that you are going to do. I'm not thinking. I'm not going to think. I'm not, I'm not going to support you. You are too young to marry. You need to enjoy. He is carrying your young girls. And I laughed and I left. I said, uncle, no, I'm going to marry. I want to fulfill my destiny. And I proceeded. And God, God helped me. A lot of people helped I got married. So, he eventually had his own problem. Because the life of pleasure will end up bringing you problem. Don't allow your family members to kick you away from the presence of God. Uriah wife positioned herself as a tool in the hands of the enemy to take Uriah from the presence of God. He eventually died for his righteousness. But I'm not saying that you are going to die. Uriah suffered in the hand of David, but God vindicated him. God dealt with David. There are still problems in the house of David today because of the sin he committed against Uriah. I'm sure Uriah found peace in heaven. What shall separate me from the love of Christ? You see tribulation? You see attack? You see persecution? You see hunger? You see lack? You see nakedness, you see lack of accommodation, you see inability to pay my rent, you see inability to pay my bills. Can all these things separate us from the presence of God? No. No. They don't have the power to separate us. They can only separate us if we allow ourselves to be frustrated and we take our eyes away from the Lord because He is the only one that can help us. My prayer today is that your faith will be strong, you will stand strong in Christ, and nothing will shake your faith. Take your time to read very well about this young man, Rhea, very well. I know the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to deeper lessons from his life. God bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you with the blessing of Abraham, with the blessing of Isaac, and with the blessing of Israel. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's message. Please share with your family and friends. Follow me on Instagram at 
at underscore evans i'm also on tiktok at at underscore evans i'm on youtube at at evans missions see you in the next episode